on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals. C.D. Lamb or Jamar Chase, who do you got? Leonard Fournette finds the fountain of youth and checking in on rookie quarterbacks. Stay tuned. Welcome back to A Tale of Two Rivals, a fantasy football podcast put on by me, your 3P champion, and David, a number-loving nerd who just loves his spreadsheets and loves to count his Twitter followers. Hey, Davey, how are you? I'm doing great, Todd. Uh, I, I, It's always a pleasure to be introduced by you, sir. I just want to say AJ Green, baby, air yards, unrealized air yards for the win this week. Again, just in case people forgot since the last episode... Just want to say that uh, the relish isn't gone, baby. The relish isn't gone. Enjoy your regular season relish. I'll just wait for my sweet, sweet championship Sunday. All right. So it's my takes. My three takes. So CD Lamb first Jamar Chase. Who do you got? So for me, I feel like Dave's probably in the same camp. Both are firmly top five dynasty wide receivers for me. I'll go with Hill. Devontae, Jefferson, Lamb, and Chase. DK's firmly at six, though that's a hell of a guy to have at six, right? These are my two favorite wide receiver prospects, and they are just balling out. And I don't know if Dave remembers, but I was saying Chase was the only guy I might have liked more than Lamb when we were talking about him uh, pre-draft when Lamb was coming in, right? So these guys are neck and neck with me. Chase has that depth of target. Lamb is succeeding in the volume area. But both a part of good offenses with great quarterbacks. I think I'm still leaning towards CD. Even though he's the wide receiver 10 PBR and Chase is significantly higher. But that's due to two really poor outings. And this is kind of a gut check for me at this point. I believe that Lamb is a better all-around receiver who will consistently command more volume and he can be used in more ways. Especially if... Amari Cooper opts out of his contract. Granted, that might not happen. But dead cap is of like six, four, and three mil over the next three years of his contract. And they do got Gallup. That defense needs work. They might need to invest that money elsewhere. So Cooper gets cut. That's going to Lamb. So I also have a tough buy buying into Chase's torrid start as a reason to throw him over Lamb this early in the game. But the whole thing about this is splitting hairs because I love them both, but I thought it was a fun take. So I'm still CD Lamb over Jamar Chase. What about you, David? Yeah, this is a tough one for me to answer, Todd. CD was my number one wide receiver in last year's class. Chase was my number one wide receiver this class. I believe they were wide receivers four and five heading into the season or two and five heading into the season for Dynasty for me. CD's attached to an elite quarterback in Dak Prescott. And Joe Burrow is looking like he's going to become one of those top-tier quarterbacks. So those are both great signs. Uh, They're actually both passing under-expected at this point through the season, but I'm not going to let that weigh in where exactly they are in dynasty for me. But combined with their draft capital, attached to a good quarterback, their college production, and their rookie year production, 
for CD rookie year production for Chase so far. I'm going to still say CD ahead of time, but honestly, we're splitting hairs here. They're in the same tier. I've just seen CD do it for just a little bit longer. It might be a little short-sighted having CD over Chase still just because of how amazing Chase has been to this point here. But given the sample size, I'm going to still vote on CD Lamb. He's a little bit more dynamic with the ball in his hands, whereas Chase is more of a deep threat at the moment. Uh, Really, it's pick your poison here. They both are excellent, excellent wide receivers, and I want them both. I have a squad where I have them both on it that I'm rebuilding in, and and I'm very happy with that, very pleased. So to answer your question, CD over Chase, but it's not by a lot and not with a lot of conviction. I just think it's fun, man. I mean, I think these are probably the two guys that are the biggest risers in the wide receiver for when it comes to rankings this year. And, like, I wouldn't say, like, well, biggest risers as in, like, you know, they're getting the closest to the ceiling when they weren't already at the ceiling, you know? So, like, I just thought it was a fun topic. And you laughed in my face when I told you that C.D. Lane would be a top 12 wide receiver this year. You did. And you did tell me I was very, very bold when I had CD Lamb as, or when I had Jamar Chase as a top five dynasty wide receiver to start the season. So now, so there we go. But you didn't laugh at me, but yeah, you definitely but, scoffed. But didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, I, I scoffed because <laughs> I had him top twelve too. Just saying. You said that you'd have CD over Chase, but last week I think you said that Chase was your wide receiver three. So is Lamb your wide receiver one or two? Uh, I think, yeah, I think he's my, my, yeah, he's my wide receiver two in Dynasty. Love it, dude. That's great. I, I'm still not taking up on Devontae and Hill. I'm just not. Just not. I, I just can't. All right. I'm going to move on. That's a whole other show we can get into. <laughs> we'll have to do that next week. I actually think that'd be fun to do next week. Yeah. Do a wide receiver ranks. Oh, wheels are turning live, people. All right. <laughs> so take two. Leonard Fournette looking like. The young Leonard Fournette. So the 26-year-old uh, running back, so looking like his old dominant self in that star-studded uh, Bucks offense. Uh, right now, he's the RB11 in uh, PPR. Uh, 92.9 weighted opportunity. He's averaging 110 yards per TD. So that's not like... He's not really relying heavily on TDs. The, not, the 2.9 yards after contact per attempt, that's showing that he's not just getting like... He's not just getting like yards through like massive holes. Like he's grinding. He like he's he's showing some explosiveness. And the eleven point five target share on top of it, those are very encouraging numbers in a high powered offense. And he's absolutely passing the eye test for me too. He looks fast. He looks fluid. He looks agile. He's being aggressive. You know the way he's catching the ball like so well. Like he looks like his old self. I love him. As an RB2 the rest of the way. Love him. And he's a great trade target for contenders looking for RB depth or talent that don't want to pay up for like a high-priced asset. Is there potential he finishes as an RB1 in this this question? Yeah, absolutely there's potential. I don't think it's going to happen, but I also have to say like in the realm of possibilities, it is. I think his floor is like a mid-RB2. So absolutely buying him as a top 15 the rest of the way which is still extremely valuable so Davey thoughts on Wonder Fournette Todd I like I love how you're giving out some of these uh these database stats here the weighted opportunities uh and the yards after contact per attempt love it Todd uh Lenny's hitting some key thresholds that that's important for running backs 
15 what weight over 15 weighted opportunities per game and to go along with five targets per game is those are significant and that basically he's getting 15 expected fancy points a rotoviz metric that based on their volume how many expected fancy points are going to have and he's getting 15 of those and it's a good balance of pass and rushing volume uh, it's not quite in that elite range of where you'd see the CMCs who are at 20 expected fancy points per game, but he's at the, over 15% is significant. That's like a low-end RB1 type expected point volume thresholds, and that's exciting. That I'd be very excited for London Fournette, especially where he was going, Todd, in drafts. He was, I think a lot of times, he would, I know in Dynasty, in the 10-plus like 10 rounds, I've got him as sometimes in the, like in the 40s for RB uh, in this offseason. So really like that value. And the only thing I'll say is that Bruce Arians can be a little volatile with his running backs. You can end up in the doghouse very quickly, but don't let that literally concern you because Leonard or because Ronald Jones will find his way back there to replace Lenny in the doghouse in a game or two after if that does happen. So that's a nice little doghouse floor, a new term, a doghouse floor for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I, I don't see Fournette ending up in the doghouse because then Arians has to trust Rojo, and he clearly doesn't want to. He, like, if I drafted Rojo as one of my rotational RB2s in Scott Fishbowl, and it, it was, it's so frustrating. But the writing's on the wall. Like, he's going to run with Fournette, and it's very clear that Brady trusts him out of the backfield. So high on Fournette. Also, if any of you are actually listening to this podcast, and you've never watched Leonard Fournette's high school highlights, do yourself a favor and YouTube it. It's just entertaining. Oh, him and Derrick Henry's high school films, just just fun. Just fun. All right. Take three. One of the trends I've been having in our newer format is really talking about rookie QBs, which totally makes sense because this is the year of the rookie QB. At this point, we have six different QBs that are rookies that have started in NFL games. In the preseason, I had them ranked as Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Wilson, Jones, then it didn't matter. So my rankings now are Lance, Fields, Lawrence, Jones, Wilson, and Mills. So I've moved Lawrence from my one to my three spot. He's still the highest rated QB in the rookie class is the QB 24. So he gets into that QB two conversation with the improved efficiency over the last three games. The TDs just aren't there with only two over the last three games. But the thing that makes him move to three it's it's not him it's having to brave the storm of him being a jaguar and like i know they just had their first win i'm just that's just not a situation that i'm looking to buy into as heavily as i'd want to trey lance and san fran and the versatility of justin fields when god they're gonna have to fire naggy i'm willing to brave through that lawrence absolutely not a bust, just not, he's just part of a really solid, like, special, like, depth when it comes to the QB class this year, so he moves to my three spot. Uh, So the next highest QB uh, in the ranking is actually Mac Jones, gunslinging, looking like Brett Favre out there. Uh, That Dick's pick, uh, that Dick's, (laughs) that Dick's pick was an awful choice, absolutely awful pass. Then what's he do? Oh, he lets loose a Dangerous 75-yard bomb to Bourne for, like, that goes for the, on the next play. That's just confidence, man. That That's impressive. Over 71 completion percentage. That's ruined by a high level of turnovers. 
for Mac Jones to max out his potential, the Pats really need to open up that playbook and let it rip. And also, like, you know, get a wide receiver that, like, didn't used to be a QB as your wide receiver one. I, I, it's just hard to see Mac Jones being able to, like, in that situation, be able to overstep Lawrence or the guys with higher rushing upside. And we've seen what rushing upside does with QBs. So, love Mac Jones. If for some reason somebody loves him enough that you might be able to get Lancer Fields because they're not exactly like blowing down doors right now and people for some reason can't be patient, just see. Just 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 give that. Give him Mac Jones plus for one of those two. And then just laugh your way into it next year. So with that said, like we're looking at Trey Lance next, you know, showing that legit rushing upside with averaging over 65 rushing yards over his last two games. But of course he's sidelined with the knee injury. So I think his lack of efficiency in the rushing game and the rushing game in the passing game this year, can we to Jimmy G like holding down that job for the 49ers for 2021? I mean, I would personally roll with Lance and open up the playbook, but like, I don't, I'm not Shanahan, but you have to consider Jimmy G a legit threat to starting the rest of the year because his game management is an efficiency as a passer with their weaker schedule actually kind of gives him a better road to consistently get the playoffs. With that said, in Dynasty, you're not playing for this year if you draft Trey Lance. If you drafted Trey Lance and you thought that he was going to bust out on like 2021 and be your game uh, winner, bull, bull move, and I love it, but there was risk there. But it's not time to panic because it was always about the future with him. Justin Fields. It's been really discouraging with Fields early on, but it's way too early to be putting him under like a Mac Jones of fantasy. They really got to let that man loose and use his talents, his rushing ability to his upside. And Davey, I'm going to let you chime in here for a sec before I do the last guy, the last two guys. Do you think it's mostly to be blame on the coaching staff here? I clearly think so because I've been saying over the last month, but I need to check in with somebody else. Yeah, Nagy takes a very large share of the blame here. I'm not going to say that it's all Nagy because Justin Fields is struggling for his peripherals, like his completion percentage over expected. Uh, all of his efficiency numbers have looked really rough. He's not rushing the ball, uh, not making a lot of great throws, not being really accurate, uh, not pushing the ball down the field enough, not rushing enough, uh, just a lot of things that not going quite his way. And I know that starts trickles down from the top to the bottom, but still his not things for Nagy, instead of coaching scared and worrying about if he, you know, getting some wins so he doesn't lose his job. I think he would be more secure in his job if he designed an offense that really took advantage of Justin Fields' RPO rushing and his ability to a uh, combination of run pass type plays because that would energize that fan base compared with that defense. That defense can cover up for mistakes made by Justin Fields and let let him loose a little bit here. And I think that's the big issue, Todd, is that Nagy's holding him back with his little tiny energy. With all that being said, and the current situation in Chicago, Justin Fields is still locked in as my QB3 in this class, and tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, whose peripheral numbers are pretty solid overall for a rookie quarterback, with shouldering the whole load of that organization and poor coaching and the turmoil, the drama. And it's been exciting to see Trevor Lawrence get his first win this week, and mix of sprinkling a little rushing here and there. Just overall... Exciting. He's my QB1 still. Trey Lance is two with his rushing passing combo upside. And I don't think I can put him over like you did, Todd, Trevor Lawrence, because I don't trust uh, 
Kyle Shanahan to make the right decisions. So I don't, he might not be starting until next season. And then I have to, it's just, no, no, thank you. And, and I'll take Trevor Lawrence over that. And then Justin Fields is three for me. All right. Totally fair. Like he's my two still. And for me, it's just kind of like, it's all naggy, man. And, and I'm fine with that. And I mean, I'm fine with saying that. So, and also like to save your job, being conservative is not going to save your job. You need to take up, you need to take risks. Like what you've been doing is not working. You got to take some risks to save your job. And so consider it gone. Like he's, he's good as gone. Now, the fifth QB in my rankings would be Zach Wilson, who's the QB 30, despite starting from day one. Four touchdowns to nine interceptions. Woof. He's got a pick in every game he's played. He's got two solid games with a 17-18 point output in weeks one and five. And I believe better days are ahead. And I actually think that this is a guy who's a solid trade target in Dynasty right now, as his value is significantly lower than it was in the preseason. And then the last guy, Davis Mills, five-star recruit, went to Stanford, had battled injuries, looked okay at Stanford. Like, like you could see some pro talent there. Like, I don't understand the capital that went into him. And he's looked decent to serviceable in my eyes. QB3 option this year, but that's it. And there's no way he's starting quarterback in Houston next year. Just not happening. Yeah, Todd, I, I will say here, just going back a little, I agree, Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills has secured a spot in the NFL. I think that's for sure. I think he's got going to be at, uh, on in the NFL for a, a long time, at least as a backup. My QB rankings haven't changed. It's still Lawrence, Lance, Fields, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. Pretty confident. I, I will say, I think the biggest change for me is how much Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones has gone up a tier in my overall dynasty rankings, but not my rookie rankings, if that makes sense. I, I, I think he has separated himself from Zach Wilson for sure, for all the reasons that you talked about. But I, I think, I understand the, the pause and, and the concern with, with Lawrence in Jacksonville and that organization. I'm just, I think Lawrence looks like an NFL quarterback. He, he's throwing the ball. He's handling things. He's staying afloat despite poor situation, poor coaching. Uh, so I, I really like, I still think Lawrence has the the tools here. And I know QB 24 doesn't sound that exciting uh, for a rookie quarterback, especially one as drafted as highly as, as Lawrence is. But what we're seeing right now is typical from a, from a rookie quarterback, uh, which is promising. And I think he'll get better as the season goes on. And then Trey Lance, uh, the only thing that's really I'm actually, you were talking about not having confidence that I have very little confidence in Kyle Shanahan at this point. I don't think he's making a lot of great decisions. I don't think he's doing that great of a job coaching, uh, uh, game planning wise. I'm just not, I'm not really thrilled with how he's handling this quarterback situation at all. And some of his just coaching decisions have been poor overall. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's uh, wraps up my thoughts on the, the rookie quarterbacks. Just want to go on record just because I got Lawrence third. Doesn't mean I don't love him, man. I love all three of those top three QBs, and I think they're all cornerstone pieces to a dynasty squad. I just like the idea of all three of them have question marks in their situations, which is things that I'm not, that doesn't really, that worries me. It does. So I'm going to go with the two dynamic runners for the floor, because Lawrence could run, just not like those other two guys. So like athleticism can overtake like crappy coaching. You know what I mean? 
So like that's kind of like where I'm at with that. But you know, I'd be taking any of those guys of value. All right. You can find me at FF underscore banterman over on the Twitter sphere. Hit me up. Trade questions, Devi, C2C, Dynasty, Fantasy Hoops, Regular Hoops. Let's talk. You can also find myself over at the IDP guys, and I'll be on next week with the one and only Kevin Coleman over at the Fantasy Pros and at the Boys22. Davey? Find me at over find me at FF underscore spaceman. Hit up the Patreon, hit up DLF, hit up uh, Rookie Fever. Uh, and most importantly, Todd, I'm really excited to get you over that 1,000 follower mark. I, I think it's happening here soon. I entered anybody who hears this and is not following Todd at this point will be entered into a contest for what a, a freak or for a free copy of my premium NFL database, which has stats dating all the way back to 2009 that is exhaustive and really effective tool. So I, we got to get Todd over that 1,000 mark. And uh, so excited to get that done. Thanks, buddy. Till next time.